Praise the Lord. Um, today's talk I'd like to title, The Curious Case of the Man Who Conversed with His Donkey. Today we will look at the character of a man who didn't find it peculiar that his donkey should talk to him. In doing so, we are looking for the sort of character traits that we should be wary of finding in our own character. We are returning very shortly to the All Nations Center. We can compare this to the Israelite congregation having not yet crossed into their prepared home. In Numbers 22, we find Israel camping. They were camping opposite Jericho and preparing to enter their promised land, a land contested by wild animals and people who would do them harm. We are diligently preparing the building. Are you preparing the building of your heart? Our occupation of the All Nations Center is not without opposition. The last thing any of us needs is to unwittingly find him or herself following in the error of Balaam. Also in Numbers 22, we find Balaam in what we might call his Adonai phase. He refers to God by his proper name and suffixes it with my God. However, this was not always the case. Archaeologists discovered an inscription in his hometown in the mountains of Moab. He was known as a prophet of Asherah. The same deity was worshipped throughout Canaan. When the Israelites finally settled in the land, they too fell prey to the worship of this goddess. It's not hard to see why, represented as a woman who invoked fertility, it appealed to women who took the lead in worship and priesthood, a thing forbidden among Israelites in the worship of God, who ordained that the restoration order be male-led. Yet men find strong women who lead very attractive, and in following that religion, they emasculate themselves, giving up their God-ordained roles for the sake of the pleasure in the female form. At the start of Numbers 22, we find Balaam conversing with God. Who are these men with you? The Lord asks him. It gives a false impression that there is a relationship between the two. The first instance of Balak asking Balaam to come and curse Israel was based on Balaam's reputation. He whom you bless is blessed, and he who you curse is cursed. When Balaam listened for the Lord the first time, he was told not to go with the men because Israel was blessed. Then Balak approached Balaam a second time. He sent princes of high reputation and a promise of a reward. Balaam's head was immediately turned, and he went to listen for the Lord's voice a second time, despite knowing God's heart. It was just that he did not get what he wanted, so he tried again. What you will notice in every meeting is that God comes to Balaam, not Balaam going to God. Balaam did not respect the Lord's will. He only sought what he could get out of the relationship. Given permission to go with the men, Balaam hastily sets out in the morning. Because of his haste to follow Balak, the Lord seeks Balaam's life. It was not that God had forbidden him to go with the princes of Moab. It was how Balaam rushed to do evil, perhaps fearing the thought of the profit he might make out of the journey or the influence he might gain by being seen with people of high reputation. This is not the first time that the Lord told someone to go, yet he came afterwards to seek their life. Moses had this encounter. He rushed to go where the Lord sent him, 
yet he had not circumcised his sons. The spirit of the Lord turned up, intending to end their lives. It was only Zipporah's foresight that saved them. Aaron's sons also fell into this trap. When the fire came from heaven and the tabernacle came filled with the dwelling presence of God, they rushed to bring incense before the Lord without considering whether it was appropriate. They died very suddenly and very publicly. It was Balaam's donkey that preserved his life. To see how perverse this man was, note that he didn't even bat an eyelid when his donkey started talking. So familiar was he with other forms of witchcraft. It was witchcraft he used on the mountain. Seven altars, each with a bull and a ram. There was no prescription of God here. It was an attempt to summon the spirit of God via a spell or incantation. When the Lord came to him, Balaam opened with, I have prepared seven altars, and I've offered on each an altar, a bow, on each altar, a bull and a ram. There was no worship of God, no adoration, and no acknowledgement of who God is. Balaam had summoned this deity and was expecting him to do his bidding. He was practicing witchcraft. And yet, Balaam is unable to achieve his employed goal. Unable to curse Israel, he blesses, and then he tells Balak what is to be. By the end of chapter 24, it is said that they parted ways. We only later understand that they parted with Balaam offering a small piece of advice. Advice that would see the death of 24,000 Israelites. And through what? Through Balaam's experience with Asherah. Balak sent Midianite women into the camp of Israel to lead them into sin. They lured even some of the princes of the people to their death. See, the error of Balaam is to see God as someone whom you can control for your own benefit. Such are those who speak on prosperity theology, for example. Their experience with witchcraft makes them feel that they are the ones who summon God with a spell, a method, a word. There is no humility, adoration, love, or relationship. It shows in how they worship and how they pray. It shows in how they idolize their women, their property, their businesses, or their cars. It shows in how they treat their fellow man. It shows in anger, rage, and frustration when things do not turn out as they envisage it. It shows in how they lay traps for their fellows. They lay stumbling blocks, leading brothers and sisters into situations where they're open to be making mistakes with money, women, drunkenness, all for gain. Balaam's name is written in eternity as an example of how not to live. The church of Pergamos had those who held the doctrine of Balaam, so it's not too hard to see how they might also be in the ANC. Sadly, their end is never good. Balaam himself died at the end of a sword under Joshua's command. Fortunately for those in Pergamos, there was time to repent, and today the Lord provides an opportunity for repentance. We are about to enter our promised land, a newly refurbished building located in the land full of enemies, yet with the full assurance of the presence of God amongst us. There will be some who take Balaam's advice to destroy us, 
we know we cannot be cursed. We must therefore ensure that we do not fall prey to the same alluring traps that caused 24,000 in Israel to lose their lives. We must be single-minded and wholehearted in our pursuit of God, forgetting all we have learned in the past. Consider the cry of the psalmist. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander for your commandments, Psalm 119, verse 10. Or, as Jesus spoke in the Gospel of Matthew, no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Oh, Balaam, you may appear to be a follower of God. You may say the right words, but we know you from your pride, lack of worship, and humility. We know your witchcraft, your perverse advice, and the stumbling blocks you place amongst your brothers and sisters. We know you because you do not think conversing with animals and spirits is strange. You're not welcome here, Balaam. If you continue your ways, the Lord will bring your end with the sword, and in the end it will be bitterness. Therefore, repent and turn to the Lord with all your heart. Amen.